Everybody having fun so far tonight? Well, I gotta tell you guys, man, it's been a long-ass week. It's been a long week, and I've seen a lot of stuff. I've seen a lot of stuff suggesting I'm this, suggesting I'm that. Here's the thing, here's the thing. Here's one thing I feel. I feel like everybody's entitled to their opinion. You can think, you can, you can think something all you want to, it doesn't mean it's true, right? So, what I am is a proud American. I'm proud to be from here. I love our country. I want to see it restored to what it once was before all this bullshit started happening to us. I love my country, I love my family, and I will do anything to protect that. I can tell you that right now.
Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing. With all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, Committee of from historic Rome County, Tennessee, and so very glad to have you along for the ride. Lots and lots to talk about, as always, and my difficulty, once again, is in just trying to sort out what it is that I want to talk to you about, trying to walk that tightrope between stuff you're hearing too much everywhere and stuff that you may not be hearing at all, and whether or not there's actually a reason why you're not hearing much about it, because either A, it's really just not important at all, or it just doesn't tend to pique anyone's interest. So here I go trying to walk that balance. In the first hour today, we're going to be talking about some stuff that is getting reasonable attention. And then in the second hour, we're going to be focusing on culture war, and we'll be talking about something that you probably haven't heard much about, if at all. And then we're going to springboard into the controversy that is Jason Aldean, uh, which, of course, was the clip at the very beginning that we did kind of pre-roll before the uh, intro song. Uh, that was Jason Aldean this past Friday night at a show in Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, it's important to recognize that, again, Jason continues to stay and do the right things in response to this completely false, fake, trumped-up, phony-as-all-crap controversy. Uh, we'll discuss the details there more, and in fact, how this cross-references with a attempt at creating a controversy with Luke Combs that kind of disappeared after the Jason Aldean thing completely blew up, and uh, how we may not have heard the last of it. So, you know, we'll keep an eye on that as well. But before we jump into any stories today, I want to remind you about our friends over at Four Patriots and their hard work at trying to make sure that you are prepared for the worst. At this point, it doesn't matter if you're talking about the electric grid going down for an extended period of time or if you're concerned about the shelves in your local grocery store uh, being emptied out due to civil unrest, looting, uh, or just simple breaks in the supply chains. These are just a couple of the top levels that Four Patriots are prepared to help you with. They've got a lot of other things that can help you. Uh, water purification, uh, solar-powered uh, ice boxes that you literally can take with you camping, if that's your uh, sole purpose for it. So you've got uses for a lot of these things, whether you're in that survival situation or not. And uh, what I'm asking you to do as a listener of the show is please... Just go visit our friends over at 4patriots.com and see what they have to offer. And then when you do decide that there is something there that you absolutely positively have to have, then when you make that purchase, be sure to use promo code TAP, that's T-A-P-P, at checkout. Get yourself 10% discount. After all, during the age of Bidenomics, who doesn't need to save money? That is the number 4patriots.com. Use Code TAP, T-A-P-P -P, at checkout. Save yourself 10%. Uh, trust me, it's worth the time. It's worth the effort. It's worth the energy. Just go visit 4patriots.com. Uh, you will not be sorry. Now, let's get started. This is a follow-up to a story we've already been following, which is part of why I want to continue to discuss it with you. It is definitely getting its fair share of coverage now, 
but I don't think you're going to run the risk of hearing enough about it because this is big for multiple reasons. We have the Biden administration now officially asking Texas to remove the barriers on the Rio Grande River that law enforcement officials put into place to stop the illegal crossings. Uh, remember these uh, orange buoys that are designed to prevent illegal border crossers, the illegal migrants, from reaching U.S. So, uh, soil in the first place. The legal rationale there is that the state of Texas has the right to protect its sovereign borders, especially from outside invasion. But the argument that has always held up in court previous when the federal government intervenes with whatever a state may be trying to do is that it is federal jurisdiction once these people reach U.S. soil. So the idea is that if they never reach U.S. soil, if they're stopped before they get that far, the federal government doesn't have jurisdiction and the state of Texas is simply protecting its borders. I would love to see that actually play out in court, and this may give us the opportunity to see it. I think the state argument is absolutely correct. I think the federal government argument is incorrect in the beginning, uh, and this uh, argument that's been allowed to stand is irrelevant because, at the end of the day, the states are expected to help the federal government enforce federal law. If the federal government isn't enforcing federal law, then the state does have every legitimate reason and rationale to enforce it on their behalf. It's encouraged a majority of the time. It's expected a big chunk of the time. This is actually the inverse of how the concept of nullification tends to work, right? Uh, the idea here that states aren't required to enforce any federal governmental overreach. However, we continue to look at the fact that states are expected to help enforce federal law when it is appropriate. So with all that in mind, let's look at what Texas is actually doing, and now let's look at the argument that the federal government is making. The Biden administration is trying to push on the American people, and of course on the state of Texas in this instance. The Department of Justice is threatening to sue Texas over what they're calling humanitarian concerns if it doesn't remove the barriers which were first put in place earlier this month. Again, I'll remind you, uh, you don't have to go too far back in the archives to find the first time we talked about it. It's only been uh, uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of about two weeks at this point. Uh, quoting here, the floating barrier poses a risk to navigation as well as public safety in the Rio Grande River, and it presents humanitarian concerns. This, of course, coming from the DOJ, claiming that the barrier is, in fact, unlawful, uh, that it is, in fact, unlawful for Texas to install the barriers, period. Now, Governor Abbott, however, uh, via Twitter, which, of course, is where politics happens, <laughs> Greg Abbott tweeted out that Texas would not be removing the barriers, adding that they would see the DOJ in court. Love to see the fact that he doesn't seem to be backing down on this. Hopefully he will stick to his guns. I think they have a legitimate chance of winning if they're prepared to go as far as the Supreme Court, and they will need to do that, I have no doubt. But quoting from Abbott's tweet, here it says, Texas has the sovereign authority to defend our border under the U.S. Constitution and the Texas Constitution. Uh, 
We have sent the Biden administration numerous letters detailing our authority, including the one I hand-delivered to President Biden earlier this year. The tragic humanitarian crisis on the border was created because of Biden's refusal to secure the border. His open border policies encourage migrants to risk their lives crossing illegally through the Rio Grande instead of a safely and legally over a bridge. He also added in a later tweet, Texas is stepping up to address this crisis. We will continue to deploy every strategy to protect Texans and Americans and the migrants risking their lives. You see, and that's another part I think tends to get uh, downplayed way too much when it comes to the federal government when it comes to the mainstream legacy media coverage of this story, when it comes to the simple notion that the idea that the current policies that are being, I would use the word perpetrated because it feels very criminal-esque, that are being engaged with by this administration do in fact encourage a good many negative things. It is in fact a threat to humanitarian thought. It encourages these illegals to come across the border however they can. It promotes profitability for the cartels to illegally uh, transport these people across uh, while they're also engaging in the transport of fentanyl and other illicit drugs utilizing these same techniques, these same patterns, and letting these people essentially help to pay for the upfront cost of the transport, forcing these people into transport. It also encourages these people to simply give up on trying to fix what's wrong with the countries they originally come from. And this is completely just looking at the the numbers of folks crossing the border that are, in fact, legitimately just seeking a better life. That has nothing at all to do with the fact that there are large numbers of people coming across our southern border from all over the world, many of them single men of fighting age from various areas where we know they have a problem, and I'm using euphemistic language here intentionally, where they have a problem with the United States of America, where they have a problem with the idea of individual liberty and individual freedom, where they have reasons to want to lash out at our citizens. And these folks are still just meandering their way across the border relatively freely as well. We have the Biden administration falsely claiming that uh, these crossings are down because they have uh, done this fast-paced app thing where they're letting these people now where it is easier for them to just kind of walk through a legal port of entry. So technically, they're no longer illegally entering the country. They're just uh, applying for an appointment to be heard for their asylum claims. And then they can just kind of show that they've uh, scheduled the appointment through the app, and then they're passed right on through. The numbers aren't down. The numbers are up, and they continue to go up because these people know they're not eligible for any type of protections any type of asylum. They know they're not eligible for asylum claims, and yet, and and make no mistake, the Biden administration also is well aware of that. The people that are helping to promote this plan is 
they are more than aware of it. This is part of their plan. This is part of the workarounds that the Democrats in office, people that probably don't even deserve to be called Democrats. These are hardcore globalist leftists who are simply trying to promote their idea of the perfect future. That's one where they're in control and we are their little minions, if we're allowed to live in the first place. But uh, again, the people that are crossing the border illegally, a good number of them are well aware that they don't belong here. They know they're violating the law and they're coming here with a purpose that is far more dark and far more dire than that of simply looking for a better life for themselves or their families. But it's irrelevant. Because even if that is the reason you want to come across, guess what? It's still illegal. The current policies of the Biden administration are in conflict with standing U.S. immigration law. And Congress will do nothing to step up and end it. Either because they're on board with the agenda or because they're cowards and don't want to be called racist or bigoted or to be seen as being anti-immigrant. These people are not immigrants. They're not immigrating to this country. Immigration is a legal process. If you're moving in illegally, the kindest terminology we can use is illegal migrant because they're just migrating from where they were to here. A lot of people get upset with me for using that kinder terminology when they want us to continue to use the original, actual, legitimate, legal terminology of illegal alien. It makes the point. It might be appropriate, but in a lot of cases, I think the word illegal migrant is a more encompassing term. However, that's an argument of semantics. I, I just like that verbiage better, and it is not because it's softer. I just, I just do, so that's what I use. I understand they are interchangeable. They mean the same thing, and they include a larger group of people. Anyway, back to this primary uh, story. Governor Abbott's calling out the risking of the lives of those migrants who are simply trying to swim across. Anyway, these this buoy barrier that's been placed in the Rio Grande is designed to deter these illegal migrants from attempting to cross into the U.S. near Eagle Pass, an area where they like to uh, draw a lot of Border Patrol resources so the cartels can then move uh, a large number of other people along with the illegal drugs and the other things that they are trafficking across our border at different locations. This is a tactic that is well known. We know they're doing it. We know they're using it. This is actually helping to push back against that tactic. You would think U.S. immigration, if they were serious about trying to stop the flow of fentanyl into the United States, would embrace this idea would be doing it themselves that the state of texas wouldn't have to but no no here we are the state of texas has to risk being sued by the biden administration for doing the job that the biden administration should be doing in the first place we're talking about a four foot wide orange spherical buoy that spins if somebody tries to grab onto it so in other words you can't swim out to it and then climb over it and because of the size of it, it's very difficult for you to swim underneath them uh, safely as well. So it is a deterrent. And I think the reason the uh, the leftists are so far against this 
is because it's a relatively effective deterrent. Now, the barrier can be moved and it can be extended if need be. The effort here is part of the state's Operation Lone Star, which has been underway for a little bit. Uh, Governor Abbott has taken some criticism by folks in state saying that this is more for show than uh, for anything else. Uh, efforts at electioneering, if you will, plain politics. But regardless, Operation Lone Star has been underway for a while. And the idea, as stated, is that it aims to combat the catastrophe that has been unleashed on the state by President Joe Biden's immigration policies. Now, Texas Republican Senator John Corrin defended the use of the buoys at a news conference this past Friday, saying that Biden has failed to secure the border. Well, that's not exactly a newsflash, is it? He did say, and I'm quoting here, well, we wouldn't be having this conversation if President Biden and the Department of Homeland Security were doing its job. Some of the tactics that are being used at the border are desperation tactics because, frankly, the Biden administration is not doing its job. I'm glad Governor Abbott's willing to take the measures he thinks is necessary. Meanwhile, as we mentioned before, as soon as these buoys first started being uh, used, there's the owner of a canoe and kayak rental place that has filed a lawsuit against the state, claiming that installing the barriers will cause him imminent and irreparable harm. Again, I make the argument that I don't believe that's the case. I think that'll be difficult to prove in court. I'm interested to see how that plays out. I guess we will see as time progresses. And with that being said, I want to remind you right now that we all should be taking efforts to try to avoid being the victims of tyranny. We're currently under a bit of a soft tyranny anyway. It's moving closer and closer to a legitimate, full-blown tyranny under the Biden administration. The soft tyranny has been in place for a bit now. But the fastest way to uh, become a victim of tyranny, moving down the path to full-blown tyranny, is to give up your guns. The quickest way to become a victim of crime is to not have your firearm with you when you need it. One of the biggest reasons why a lot of us gun owners slow down our carrying or stop completely is we make a mistake. And I say we because I have done this myself. We pick out a holster that we think is going to be really awesome, but it's just so gosh darn uncomfortable, we just kind of give up on it. And in the process, we stop carrying. That is literally the worst thing that an American citizen can do, is stop carrying a firearm. You should. Even if you don't like the idea, you should. My opinion, take it for what it's worth, but all Americans should legally carry firearms. And when I say legally, that means if you're an American who happens to be a convicted felon, uh, your legal carrying of a firearm is scratched. You no longer have that legal right. So keep in mind, legally carrying is the key part of the phrasing I'm using. I could just hear somebody on the left losing their mind. Anyway, that comfort factor is something that can be addressed easily by visiting our friends over at Vanish Holsters. They have thousands of customers that are swearing uh, without hesitation that the Vanish Holster is the most comfortable holster on the planet. 
They love the Vanish holster. They absolutely, positively swear by it. And it's not just one or two. It's not just a few paid folks. It's not just stuff on their website. These are thousands of their customers that are doing reviews online, that are put it, posting videos, that are doing all kinds of stuff, completely independent, not getting any type of compensation at all, that love the Vanish holster. So what I'm doing is asking you to take advantage of what the Vanish holster has to offer. First of all, that comfort. Second of all, it's designed to save you money because it works with a majority of semi-automatic handguns. It's designed to work without a tactical belt. So there's a hidden cost that a lot of us don't always take into consideration when we're picking out our holster. And it's designed to allow you to carry in multiple positions. So if you have a position that you prefer, Vanish Holster likely is going to work with that particular position. Again, also going back to that most comfortable holster. So what do you have to lose by just going to visit? Absolutely nothing. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So what I'm asking you is to go visit Vanish Holster at www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. That's very important for you to use the backslash T-A-P-P because when you do that, it automatically activates a $50 discount in the event that you do go ahead and make a purchase. You gotta hurry though. That $50 discount goes away at the end of July. It is July 23rd, today, the time I'm airing this broadcast. So the month is quickly passing. That window of opportunity to save $50 is going away quickly. So again, please, www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. That's all you got to do. My name is Joe Biden. That's because hot. <laughs> America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was put him in We know that there's no, there's no such thing to finish the job. More than half of the women on the, in my administration are women. You lost your child. He's gone. Look, um, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway. We got it. Stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, Put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key. The idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly, but the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside 
for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. My fellow Americans, did you know the United States government was designed to treat we the people according to the Ten Commandments? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. The U.S. founders put together the Ten Bill of Rights to compel those in government to treat we the people according to the Bible's Ten Commandments. Commandments 6 through 10 tells us that we should refrain from doing certain wrongful acts and that the commandments apply to each of us regardless of job titles. When we obey God's thou shall nots, others enjoy the right not to be murdered, sexually abused, stolen from, lied to or about, nor have what we own coveted by people wielding or supported by immense government power. God's commandments 1 through 4 enables we the people the right to acknowledge and honor God publicly in prayer and praise in civic and community events. Commandment 5 provides the right for families to be secure in our homes. When government obeys the Bill of Rights, which are its Ten Commandments, we the people enjoy the freedoms to live as God intends under the blessed protection of His commandments. Bible-believing people know the Bible doesn't change, thus we understand the Constitution based upon it must not be changed either. I'm Ron Edwards. Bye now. Introducing Einstock. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Skoll. Einstock beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akuari, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Einstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from the 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal and hydropower. Einstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo, Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueRidgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember... Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. 
You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for staying with me through that very brief break. Uh, a little bit of Ked Rock action there. Uh, definitely feel like we need to be focused on how music is pushing back in the culture. We've seen a lot of music pushback here recently, trying to reestablish some freaking common sense, among other things. And so, uh, yeah, definitely following that today. Before we jump back into this next story, I uh, got to one more time discuss our third uh, sponsor today we are of course talking about native path and we are talking about in particular the native path antarctic krill oil so we've got a story a little bit later about where woke medical profession has taken this country uh, we'll be talking about that at the top half of the second hour but it's true. We, we've been talking about a lot of different stories involving where the healthcare profession is currently, how they're pushing uh, woke ideology and agendas into medicine, which is in turn making medicine less safe for the patients. Now, of course, they're going to argue that's not the case and I'm just making stuff up. But how many stories do you have to hear about somebody being misdiagnosed at the beginning, saving costing several hours that could have been pivotal in saving that patient's life because they refused to acknowledge their actual gender, that the doctor wasn't even able to find out the truth until well into the examination process. There are instances when the objective reality is vital, and within the medical profession, I'd say that's one of them. Regardless, the primary message I'm trying to bring to you right now is it's been made clear. You need to take your health into your hands. You need to eat right. You need to exercise right. You need to sleep better. We all know this, and I don't want to lecture you about things that you've already heard a million times, but I do want to tell you one of the other things that we often do, especially given our current dietary lifestyles and our sedimentary lifestyles, that maybe uh, – supplements and vitamins and nutritional supplements really are a good idea. And if you happen to be worried about your heart, your memory, or swollen achy joints, I've got an Antarctic krill supplement here that could very well help put an end to issues with all three. This supplement has been shown to support healthy blood pressure, circulation, brain health, as well as to reduce inflammation and swelling as well as joint pain. No better time than to go try it for yourself than right now. All you have to do is go to fixswollenfeet.com and you can get yourself 58% off the standard Native Path Antarctic Krill Oil price. Again, 58% off fixswollenfeet.com. 
It's a pretty good deal. This krill oil is pure. It's effective. It's bioavailable. It just means it's easily absorbed by the body. And it contains potent antioxidants that help further reduce inflammation and swelling. For a limited time, you can indeed grab Native Path Antarctic Krill Oil for as low as $23 a bottle. That's a bottle of 30. That's roughly a month's supply if you're taking one a day. You can take up to two a day if you feel the need. Uh, all you have to do to get that $23 per bottle, that 58% off, is go to FixSwollenFeet.com. Again, uh, we all know that various supplements and vitamins and medications uh, they react differently within everyone. You may have varying levels of success. So I can't guarantee you that this is going to work as well for you as it has for me with my uh, joint issues. But I can tell you that it has done amazingly well for me. And I, I can't recommend well enough. Uh, I think that uh, you will not go wrong if you give it a try. However, now's the time. Go to BigSwollenFeet.com. Save yourself a ton of money at the front end so that you're not overly invested if for some reason it doesn't work for you. But I'm telling you, you really ought to give it a try. Just based on my personal experience. All right, with that being said, let's get on to the next topic of the day. Uh, in case you've been under a rock, this one has gotten a lot of attention, uh, mostly because the left is trying to bury the story. And conservative outlets are trying to once again prove that the left has been trying to bury stories they know were true for a long time. In this instance, we have official data that was accidentally published in a province of communist China this week. Why is that a big deal? Well, number one, it was accidental, so you know, you're likely to see some things you weren't supposed to. This particular data shows that the country has dramatically underreported the true extent of the damage that the coronavirus pandemic had on its own people. Remember how we kept talking about the numbers we were getting were false because they were claiming zero deaths, two or three sick people, even though we were seeing them doing ridiculous lockdown procedures where they were uh, welding people inside of buildings to keep them from getting out and possibly spreading the virus. We know that they were in full-blown panic mode and doing only the things that a communist dictator nation is capable of doing, which is why they're the model. The leftists hold China up as the model. They want every country to be like China, because they want the government to have the power and authority to just take unilateral action against its citizens. They don't care about what you're doing with the rest of the world. They want that power over its citizens. Well, the, the proof is out now. China had the information they knew all along, so uh, commentators like myself have been vindicated. Not that we needed the vindication, because we knew we are even all the folks that were out there saying, well, there's no proof, there's no evidence. They still knew. At any rate, the New York Times reported that the data from the eastern province in China was published on a local government website and was later reported by the Chinese news outlet. Within a couple of days, both reports were deleted. China has claimed that approximately only 83,700 people have died throughout the course of the entire pandemic across the country. However, the new data showed that uh, in one province alone, 
72,000 plus increase in excess deaths during the first quarter of this year alone compared to the same time period last year. The 70% increase of excess deaths in the province, a province that contains roughly 65 million people, when the when, when, when this situation across the entire country of nearly 1.5 billion people is taken into account, when you do the math for everyone, that results in an estimated 1.5 million excess deaths just for the first three months of this year. What does that have to do with coronavirus, you may ask? Well, the strain running around China is different than the strain that we have here. And... They've had reoccurrences. They've had new outbreaks there where we haven't had the new outbreaks to any degree because in the wild, this kind of virus becomes less deadly. This kind of virus becomes more easily spreadable but less deadly because the whole point of the virus is to try to propagate. It doesn't perform its evolutionary biological imperative of propagating itself if it stays deadly uh, for fewer uh, potential hosts. So, again, evolutionary biology. Let's follow the science. You know, the actual science. So, anyway, China, where the coronavirus pandemic originated back in 2019, experienced a coronavirus outbreak so massive late last year that the communist government was forced to end their draconian lockdown measures as nearly the entire country, up to about 90%, were infected over the course of just a few months, meaning they wouldn't be able to continue to do anything if everyone who tested positive was locked down. Again, going back to the Times, not exactly a right-wing bastage Time previously estimated in February that up to 1.5 million people were killed from China's latest mass coronavirus wave. And with the accidentally published numbers from China, multiple groups of independent experts agreed that the estimate was likely very accurate. One of the few times you're going to hear the New York Times discuss it being very accurate. Those numbers only represent a fraction of the total number of deaths that the country has faced during the course of the pandemic, which originated in Wuhan. The American Enterprise Institute, the AEI, released a conservative estimate back in April of 2020 of the number of deaths the country had experienced during the first months of the pandemic. Uh, the report said that <clears throat> only a few months in, China likely had a minimum of 136,000 deaths from the pandemic. Now, before everybody loses their mind and starts giving me uh, all kinds of grief for talking about deaths as a result of the pandemic, oh, how dare you? Uh, we all know that uh, the pandemic is just a scam and, and that uh, just stop right there. Okay, the coronavirus was a real thing. And the earliest versions of this virus were potentially hazardous to a large number of people that were of a certain age 
or who suffered from certain comorbidities. Now, the panic over the virus was exacerbated by panic porn reporting by mainstream legacy media once they recognized that this was an opportunity to test the waters. They saw what China was doing, just locking everybody down, because they panicked there too. They panicked because they thought this thing was going to be a lot more deadly than it was. But it was deadly to a certain percentage of people within certain populations. It was. Now, it wasn't any more deadly, and it wasn't any less deadly, than catching a bad flu if you were in these same population groups. And that's the type of information that they didn't want shared. Once legitimate people with the ability to read and with the ability to reason was looking at the numbers and looking at the, the raw data and saw what the patterns were, saw what the data actually insinuated. Cloth masks were useless. And the jab essentially didn't do anything for you either. There were a lot of people that took the so-called vaccines in an effort to try and protect their loved ones. And as it turned out, it offered no protection. It didn't keep you from getting it. It didn't keep you from spreading it. If you had it, it the only promise that they made afterwards is the fact that well, in the event that you catch it, which is highly likely, uh, it will help keep the uh, the symptoms from being as bad as it could have been. It may save your life because it's not going to be as hard on you as it would have been otherwise. And the worst part there is that how the trial groups were so small that there's not any type of conclusive evidence that that was ever true either. So with all that in mind, why is this a story now? See, that's the real trick. That's why we should be talking about this story. Not that, oh, China lied. We knew that. Again, I pointed that out at the top of the segment. Everybody and their grandmother knew China was lying right from the jump. They also knew that there was a lot of stuff going on. But what does this report suggest? Well, it suggests the opposite of what I just told you a minute ago about what the limited number of people were there were any real jeopardy from the worst version of COVID. It suggests that large number of people are at risk. It suggests that we need to be afraid again because we know there's going to be new strains of COVID come along. In nature, that's what's going to happen. Once it's in the wild, it's going to do this. But it's also going to introduce the possibility of a new biological contaminant being introduced, and they will be able to say, look at what the COVID outbreak did. Now, this we know to be worse, no matter where it came from or how it came to be or if it's even related, or if maybe it's just another strain of COVID itself. None of that's going to matter. What matters is this is scary. Be afraid. Let's go back to letting the government take full control over everything, because that's what they want to do. You have to take your health into your own hands. Uh, we discussed that during the segment talking about our sponsor, uh, Native Path or the krill oil. You, you're going to have to be responsible for you. You need to take care of you. If you were healthy and not a senior, 
you did not have to be overly concerned about catching COVID. A lot of people caught COVID. Vaccinated, not vaccinated, didn't matter. Young, old, a lot of people caught it, and a lot never even had a symptom. A lot had mild symptoms, couldn't tell the difference between a cold. Some symptoms got worse. There were lingering things, but there is just as much evidence right now suggesting that the people who had the long-term COVID are the ones that had the jabs. The RNA-based so-called vaccines interacting with the actual COVID virus seem to have had a more lasting, long-term, lingering effects on people than just getting COVID alone. Now, I'm going to be called out by some folks so that there's not any evidence showing that. All you have to do is read the studies that are available and look at the patterns. When you start overlapping and start looking for the bits and pieces that they don't want you to talk about, that they don't want you to notice, the things they don't point out, but that are in the studies, the pattern gets clearer and clearer. We are quickly approaching a point where we may very well be uh, having to talk about how young people who got this particular vaccine have been harmed more by the vaccine than they ever would have been by COVID. The solution should, can never be worse than the problem. The cure should never be worse than the disease. When you face those consequences, then you don't have a cure. You don't have a solution. You just have introduced a whole new problem. They don't want us knowing that, so they don't have to be worried about us bucking up to them more this time than what we did the last time. The play for control, the play of using medicine as the excuse for control. Public health and public safety is our responsibility. Uh, no. Public safety is your responsibility in so much as you are designing safe roads. You are maintaining safe roads. You are designing safe intersections. You're designing safe railways. You're designing, you're, you're not allowing businesses to behave in unethical fashions that puts people's health at risk. You're not allowing the government to behave in ethically questionable fashions that puts the public health at risk, but you do not have the authority under the guise of public health to mandate things onto people as individuals. You don't get to mandate what we put into our bodies. You don't get to mandate that we have to wear a certain item in order to go out into public. You don't get to mandate those things. When the governed allow them to do this, they have to be very cautious. Because you're going to think, well, we'll give them permission this time to tell us, and then later on we'll reevaluate it. Once they get to do it, they think they've set precedent. They don't think that you're ever going to challenge them again. And for good reason, you have this psychological thing called conditioning. When you are conditioned to accept wearing a mask because the government says, okay, there's an illness out there, what's going to happen moving forward? You still have a ton of people in certain states that are demanding that they get to wear a mask in situations where now they're being told not to anymore. 
They're so afraid. They're living in fear. They are conditioned. They are the useful idiots. And the sad part is they think they're being the smart ones. Well, when you all get COVID again, I won't get... What are you going to get? I promise you, these masks are doing you no good. You're wasting your time with it. It does not stop viruses. In fact, most cloth masks aren't knitted well enough to, to stop much in the way of uh, bacterial infections. And certainly, uh, not a whole lot of uh, fungal spores uh, get stopped by them. You know, some do. Some are big enough that they'll get filtered out by the mask. But that's it. It's utterly ridiculous. They're trying to tell this story. There's a reason why it's the New York Times that are running this story. They see an opportunity to put fear back into your mind about how deadly COVID was. When we all know better now, we do. Even the hardcore left knows that the ones who wanted to believe it was deadly so that they could say that they were not just virtue signaling, but actually living virtue when they put a mask on and got jabbed 14 times in order to say they were current. Most of those folks are regretting it at this point, and a lot of them still haven't even figured out what it is that's causing their current health issues. There's a reason why there's a protocol in developing vaccines that has existed in forever. There's a reason why Dr. Malone, the creator of the modern uh, RMNA, uh, the mRNA technology that was utilized to create the so-called vaccines, had spoke out against it in its use in this area. There's a reason why the protocols that exist in the creation of vaccines require years of testing. Oh, we have to fast track it. We, do, we shouldn't have to wait years. You do that because it's the only way to truly see what the long-term results are going to be. I can take a shot today. And if it's going to affect my heart, it may be years from now before we know what that effect actually is. So you give me the shot today. Six months from now, you're writing a paper when none of the symptoms, none of the signs have started to show up. And you say, oh, well, it's safe. But then a year from now, all of a sudden, I'm swelling into the heart and I keel over and die of a heart attack just simply trying to take a walk in the park. Well, you know, it was the heart condition that did it. What created the heart condition? What exacerbated the heart condition? We have plenty of evidence now that shows that these so-called vaccines have been causing harm among the young. The people that needed to be jabbed the least. Which is what made it utterly ridiculous when the Biden administration started trying to push this on children under six. The younger you are when, it takes, when you take this shot, the more likely you are to have serious cardiovascular harm done to you. That's already being ferreted out. That pattern is emerging. And the longer we look at it, the more that pattern emerges. The pattern that we would have seen if we had conducted trials the way you normally do. There is a reason for that delay. And as frustrating as it can be, there was something pushed under the Trump administration that said the right to try. If you desperately wanted to be part of one of these control groups where they were testing and, and checking the safety and the uh, efficacy of these vaccines, you could have been part of it. There's no reason to have prevented anyone from openly joining if they chose. But the thing here is you need to have that information. You should have informed consent. 
and the most important part of that phrase is informed. You need to have all of the readily available facts, good or bad, pro or con, available to you before you make that determination. You need to be made aware of all the potential negative things that could happen so you can then decide whether or not the risk is worth the reward. It's just that simple. So this report, it is a big deal. Not for the reason the left's going to have you think. Not for the reason the New York Times wants you to think. And certainly not for any other reason that's going to involve geopolitical politics. This is plain and simple control-based politics. This is plain and simple an effort to try and control the people. Again, they're testing the waters and they want to start by sprinkling fear amongst the population first. Fear is a powerful tool when you're trying to control people. They know that. This is another step, especially as we are, you know, nearing the end of July. So we head into August and September. We're going to be heading headlong into flu season again. People are going to start getting sick again. People are going to start catching uh, some strain of COVID again. And what's going to happen inevitably is they're going to want to try to use that as a springboard to redrawing unauthorized power. They want it. They want to wield it. They want to control you and everybody else. All right. Let's go ahead and reset the hour. We'll move into hour number two right after this. Stay with me and let's enjoy a little Matt Fitzgibbon. like a thousand years since we had real fears but the old ones won't forget these broken levee walls had a few close calls but they haven't fallen yet and you know the rain's coming the rain's coming all your days and all your nights it brings a storm on you When the sun beats down And it bakes the ground And you watch the rich land die Such a vicious drought Even hopes in doubt But there are no clouds in the sky But you know the rain's coming The rain In all your nights, it brings a storm on you. When you feel the first drop fall, when it kisses your skin, the storm will begin to bring with it promise of change. When you
DerekJohnsonCountry.com And you're listening to Tim Tap and Tapping Through the Truth. She's hair pulled back in a camo cap with a catfish on the line. She's an evening gown, night on the town, candlelight and wine. She's shy, she's bold, she's like a nice cold fireball whiskey shot. She's a big high five on the 50 yard line. She's a real cool kind of hot. With her long hair's blowing out of road. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are now diving headlong into hour number two of Tap into the Truth. It is Sunday. It's July 23rd. July is quickly passing us by. Uh, it seems like just the other day it was Independence Day, and now we are nearly in the month of August. We're starting to see the back-to-school commercials on television, hearing them on the radio. Oh, my goodness. How could this year already be so far gone? And yet... With each passing day, it feels like a lifetime at the same time. If you are looking at the world of politics, if you are suffering as a result of Bidenomics, if you're trying to, to find a place where common sense is going to continue to exist and, and actually lead the day, be the primary deciding force, that would be great. Before we jump into the next story... I want to remind you that uh, sometimes you want a place where common sense is going to be the rule of the day. You have to create your own sanctuary. And in an effort to create your own sanctuary, you need to be able to be completely self-sufficient. And you know who can go a long way towards helping you with that? Our friends over at Four Patriots. That's right. Whether you're looking for heirloom seeds, looking for water purification, looking for uh, methods of long-term backup emergency electricity, or maybe you just want some great tasting emergency survival food. All of that and way, way more can be found over at 4patriots.com. And if you take the time to go over there and visit, you may very well, I'm, I'm just simply giving you fair warning, you may very well find a ton of stuff that you just decide you have to have. And if you go ahead and place an order while you're there, do not forget to use promo code TAP, that's T-A-P-P, -P, to get yourself 10% off at checkout. Uh, again, I just mentioned Bidenomics, right? Who doesn't need to save money? So again, that is the number four, patriots.com, 
And don't forget to use promo code TAP, T-A-P-P. Save yourself that 10%. Okay, so I teased back in the first hour that we'd be talking about uh, things going on in the medical profession that's leading to wokeness. Well, I got a story from Kentucky for you. <sighs> At first, I was hoping this was like a Babylon Bee story, and then I came across it being reported a couple other locations. It's, it's not getting very much attention right now. Uh, which is strange because I think this should be huge. Maybe since it broke so late in the week, we'll see a lot of it uh, this coming week. I I'm hoping so. But nurses in Kentucky were told that they could face discipline after they were mandated to take an implicit bias training that claimed that there is a history of racism in healthcare. You know, we've talked about this before. But now nurses that are already doing the job are required to go back and take this course. Now, the training required by the Kentucky Board of Nursing, it instructs the health care workers to, quote, recognize the history of racism in health care. Or at least that's according to a new report that is in the Washington Examiner. The training, which was required to be done by July 1st of this year, included discussions that said it was racist to suggest that inter institutional racism didn't exist, or that it says people could advance through, you know, hard work. Yeah, all that is racist now. It doesn't matter if it's true, it's still racist. Quoting here, <clears throat> In order to lead to meaningful change, any exploration of implicit bias must be situated as part of a much larger conversation on racism and bias. Now, this is a slide from the training, which was put on by Kentucky Nurses Association Board of Directors Treasury, uh, Miss Cara Branford and the CEO, Delanor Mason. Nurses were taught that examples of covert racism included white silence, denying institutional racism. Uh, the phrase, there's only one human race. Bootstrap theory. Uh, weaponizing whiteness. Fetishizing POC, people of color. Claiming reverse racism, excusing slash white-splaining racism, and <clears throat> suggesting there was no such thing as white privilege. All these are examples of racism. Now, the thing here is, is that a lot of these nurses, they were very frustrated with the class. A lot of them objected to the content, but... A lot of them were also worried that they could be disciplined if they chose not to complete the course. Quoting here, they pretty much said, we're all guilty of being racist. And we need to examine the way that we take care of patients and change our behaviors because we are giving substandard care. This was a quote from Rebecca Wall, a 40-year nursing veteran. She was talking to the examiner for their piece, of course. She's been doing the job for 40 years, and now she's being told that she's giving substandard care. If you're giving substandard care as a nurse, 
most facilities, even when there's been extreme shortages of nurses, will weed you out. They will get rid of you. They will not risk the potential legal side of consequences that happens when you provide poor health care to people that are hospitalized or institutionalized. It doesn't matter which. If you are a nurse and you are giving substandard care, it would not take long for somebody to figure out that you're treating one skin color very differently than the other skin color. Uh, never mind the fact that in some cases, there are certain medical reasons why your treatment might be different. Because you may be more prone to having hypertension. Or you may be more prone to having certain genetic disorders, like sickle cell anemia, for example. So if you don't include that in evaluating the care, then you're missing the point. And that's a lot of what the so-called racist uh, gatekeepers are trying to tell you. They want you to ignore a simple fact. They look at one fact. Okay, there's more black men in prison than white men in prison. And then they instantly want to say, that fact alone is the, uh, the justification. We're going to say that there's nothing else going on here. Clearly, it's racism. The over-incarceration of black Americans uh, is strictly a function of racism. It has nothing to do. Don't even look at the crimes being charged. Don't even look at the fact that the number of crimes being committed. No, 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 no. Don't look at the other data points. Those other data points, they, 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 they don't mean anything, which translates into they completely blow out of the water that there's anything institutionally racist about it. Oh, wait, but now I'm being racist because I just used the term uh, uh, institutional racism in an effort to deny. So you see how that works, too? Now I'm fully discredited, America. There's no reason at all for you to take anything else I say about this, because according to their rules, they get to set the rules, of course, that is racist. Therefore, I am racist. Therefore, nothing I say can be taken seriously as I am a racist. When you take people who've been dedicated to a profession for 40 years and accuse them of being racist and saying that they're not giving the proper standard of care to one color over another because of that implicit racism that they just can't get out of their bones, uh, because they are oppressors, because they simply work in a institution, this being the healthcare profession, that is implicitly racist from its formation, therefore it can't get out of its own way, it's not possible, then why are you wasting your time? Okay, because you're in here trying to mess with health care. Why, why even bother? If it's so racist it can't be repaired, what are you doing? Oh, oh yeah. What you're actually doing is you're trying to tear it down, just like you're trying to tear down every other institution in this constitutional republic. Anyway, Rebecca Wall had a few more words, so I'll go back to quoting her here. It's offensive to be told, if you don't do this course, you're out. After 40 years, a whole career spent in the field because you don't agree to the one dogma. You're done. You're valueless. You're not worth it anymore. Well, I'd say it's more than offensive. I'd say it's ridiculous and it's borders on the criminal. 
but it's up to you, Miss Walls, and all your fellow nurses to stand up to it. And regardless of what the so-called discipline may be, as long as you guys stand together, they can't afford to discipline you all. You're in too important of a field. You're needed too much. But you do have to stand together on that point. You can't let them force you to do things that you don't agree with out of fear. Because guess what? As a nurse, there's still several places in this country that you can write your own ticket. Maybe you don't want to move, especially after you've been where you are for any number of years, whether it's 40, 15, 5, or even just arrived. <laughs> there's a lot of good reasons not to want to move. But the fact is you can, and in some cases, whether you want to or not, maybe you should. Now, according to the Board of Nursing, implicit bias training is required for nurses by a committee of the Kentucky General Assembly, and failure to do it could result in a civil sanction or discipline, meaning that the democratically controlled Kentucky General Assembly has passed a uh, rule through committee. Not has passed the entire General Assembly, but through a committee of the General Assembly, meaning it's not law. But they're trying to create this idea, this notion that somehow uh, this is still legally binding. We need to look a lot deeper into that aspect of it. I'm not as familiar with Kentucky law as I need to be to say anything deeper than that. But what I can tell you is that anywhere in this country that when a committee of the legislative body has put forth these recommendations, it still typically has to be passed by the entire assembly before it's considered law in the state. And in most places... After it passes the entire assembly, it has to go to the state senate as well and then be signed by the governor. I have no doubt where Kentucky is at at the moment. It probably could run that gambit. But there's a reason they don't want to run that gambit because they don't want the citizens of the Commonwealth of Kentucky to know and to understand exactly what it is they're trying to do. Now, Laura Morgan, a program manager for Do No Harm, an organization devoted to protecting Healthcare from uh, radical, divisive, and discriminatory ideology. Uh, she said that some of the woke concepts manifesting at the state level were trickling down from the National American Nurses Association. She said that the former ANA president, Ernest Grant, started moving the organization to the left following the riots after the death of George Floyd. Uh, quoting here from Miss Morgan, he started taking the ANA on a sharp left turn. Of course, she said this referencing a racial reckoning statement from the ANA that, quote, talks about all the permanent harm nurses have done throughout the years to their patients. Now, I don't understand how you get to be the leader of a group such as the ANA, the American Nurses Association, 
when you release statements about how nurses have inflicted permanent harm throughout the years. As in, since the beginning of the existence of nurses, you've done permanent harm. Because you're racist. Not, not because you were working too hard and, and should have gotten more rest and made a mistake. Not because you were a bad nurse and never should have been a nurse. Not because the person had a bad reaction to a treatment that works 99% of the time. No, no, no. It's all because you're racist. And it's been going on forever. If this guy's willing to make this statement after the death of George Floyd, then he held these kind of ideas before. Because you're not going to attack the very people you're supposed to be representing. You're not going to attack the very people that you're supposed to be helping to be the best they can be. You're going to inform them that in the upcoming years, there may be an effort to look at the profession of nursing to determine if there is any implicit bias, any ingrained racism. And what we should be doing there is make every effort to be absolutely certain that any personal feelings are not interfering with our caregiving. Whether it's based from some implicit subconscious level of racism or any other subconscious or conscience uh, effort that we're aware of. That would be more appropriate. Still not right, because guess what? Your job is to work for the nurses, not to work for social justice warriors and attack the nurses. You cannot expect the healthcare profession to work to improve or get better based on this kind of action and activity. These people are dangerous because they're interfering with the healthcare profession in a way that is extremely harmful to providing you with good health. They want you to be more worked up about racial division than about whether this person is suffering a stroke or having a heart attack or has some contagious disease, they don't care about you as an individual. <coughs> Excuse me. What they care about is the same reason but the New York Times is talking about China lying to us about COVID. They care about control. They want you afraid and they want control. They want to take control through any means necessary. They want you afraid of diseases. And in this case, they want nurses afraid to speak up out of fear of some disciplinary action that is vague and most likely doesn't have any legal standing. In other words, these nurses could probably sue whoever wants to try to discipline them if they refuse to take this course. Training is one thing, and in a medical professional field, there should be constantly updated training. Okay, You should never be not learning. If you are a hands-on practicing nurse, if you are interacting with patients daily, where you are the one having to administer treatments prescribed by doctors, if you are a physician, where you are constantly seeing patients and having to, to balance 
the pros and cons of the newest treatments compared to the old one. You should always be learning. If you are a lab technician, if you are an x-ray specialist, if, if you read any type of scans or screens, not only should you be constantly learning, but you should be finding some way right now uh, to help you to avoid the great exodus when AI starts reading x-rays and MRIs because uh, they're going to be a lot better at it. A lot of you are facing something, so you need to really be working on your training. But this being required as part of the training, how does this help anything? Now, the argument from the left is, well, once you become aware of your biases, you can then work to, to not let them control. Fine. If you are truly subconsciously treating people different, then I don't think this particular course is going to help anything either. Like I said before, if you're providing substandard care, if you're not providing the best care that you can for your patient for a reason that is based in biases, you're not likely to hold a position for very long. Even in the worst of the nursing shortages, if you were bad at it, there weren't too many places that would employ you that would be willing to continue to employ you. A lot of them were willing to give you a shot because they needed bodies, but they weren't going to take any unnecessary risk when it comes to something that is important as and also as litigious as healthcare. But to expect that people that have been doing this for any amount of time should have to knuckle under to your woke mentality is just about trying to control people because you're trying to gain control of healthcare because that's one of the easiest ways to control. But that's why they wanted to nationalize healthcare. That's why they pushed Obamacare so hard and why they're disappointed they haven't had a legitimate effort and a legitimate opportunity to further the effort on to a single payer system any further than what they've been able to. That's because we've seen in their little trial, we've seen that it's a failure. It doesn't work. But all you have to do is look at stories like the story of Charlie Gard. Yeah, I, I still mention Charlie Gard. I made a promise a while back that I would. I recently devoted half of a segment to talking about Charlie Gard. Charlie Gard is a poster child for a while. Socialized medicine is a bad thing. Because it's not about the medicine, it's about the control. They must control you. They're afraid of you. They're afraid of what happens when you learn things on your own. When you decide that while it's nice to have experts available, that experts aren't necessary. They're not a special class of people. You don't have to have them. They need you to need experts. They need you to need them. And there's a reason why I separate the two, because a lot of them in positions of power, elected uh, office in particular, they're not experts on anything. Some of them couldn't even dictate their own memoir. But the point still stands that this is an effort on their part to control the people 
through controlling medicine. And that's a lot of what ties today's uh, different stories together. The underlying theme is different ways they try to control you. All right, it is about halfway through the second hour now, so uh, let's flip things around since this is the medical uh, part of the story. And let me remind you that, again, I keep telling you and have been ever since our good friend over at Native Path became a sponsor of the show that you really got to take your health into your own hands. So if you happen to be worried about your heart, your memory, or swollen, achy joints, the Antarctic Krill Supplement from Native Path could put an end to issues with all three. It has been shown to support healthy blood pressure, circulation, brain health, as well as reduced inflammation, swelling, and joint pain. And there's never been a better time to try it for yourself. All you have to do is go to FixSwollenFeet.com to get yourself 58% off the regular price of Native Path Antarctic Krill. This krill oil is pure, it's effective, it is bioavailable, just means it's easily absorbed by the body and used contains potent antioxidants that help reduce inflammation and swelling throughout the body. And for a limited time, you can grab Native Path Antarctic Krill Oil for as low as $23 a bottle. It's $23 for a bottle of 30 pills. That's a month's supply. If you're just taking one a day, you can take up to two a day if you feel the need. <clears throat> Again, all you have to do is go to FixSwollenFeet.com. And I'll remind you again, I can't guarantee you that it's going to work as well for you as it has for me. Or that it's even going to work in the same way for you. That it's going to work. Because this stuff always, it works differently with everybody. But what I can promise you is that my issue was with joints. I had a lot of joint pain. I put a lot of miles uh, as a young man playing sports uh, that were dominated by much taller people. So I pushed my body beyond its regular limits to be able to jump higher than they were in order to get to the same heights that they were playing at. And <clears throat> that's just one of the things I did where I paid a heavy price, but it's a price that has been alleviated greatly by using Native Path Krill, Antarctic Krill supplement. It's been fantastic for me. It has done miraculous. And I, I would not in good conscience be able to say to you that you shouldn't try it just because it might not work. Take advantage of the low price to try it, to see what it does for you. Give it some time. It, it took me a couple of weeks to really notice. I, I know uh, I thought I was seeing something uh, a couple of days in. And I, I, I really think I still was, but not enough to brag about. But by, was the, by the time I was a couple of weeks in, I really started to feel a difference. And then what really killed me is not that long ago when I was having a health emergency with my wife, I was caught without the supplement for a couple of days. After I'd been using it, then a couple of days without it, started going back to the way it was and I really, really noticed the difference. You know, you kind of get used to that, that kind of thing over time as you slowly build into it. <sighs> yeah. One more time, uh, go to FixSwollenFeet.com. Check it out for yourself. Take advantage of the low price. And uh, don't go away as when I come back on the other side of this break, 
we will go into the final segment of today's show. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Hey, Joe. They say building back make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say. Stick your progress where the sun don't shine. Keep your big mess away from me and mine. If you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just The persecution of Christians is now ramping up all over the world, including here in the United States, as well as Great Britain. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page, from Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Throughout history, Christians have supported God's plan for marriage between one woman and one man. That belief and custom has been a biblically-based and mainstream lifestyle custom that implies no malice towards anyone unnatural sexual attractions and activities are described in God's Word as undesirable and unclean. Like any other sin, Christians believe that through Jesus Christ, people are saved from the ravages of all sin, including unnatural sexual activities. Through that belief, many LGBTQ practitioners have actually left the unnatural lifestyle. So now, LGBTQ leftist advocates are petitioning the British government to make it illegal for churches to share God's moral standards and deliverance from what the Word of God calls sinful and unclean activities. This, dear listener, is not so much about believing or not believing, but rather to be free or not to be free, to exercise our faith. The loss of one right will lead to the loss of all rights. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Second Skull is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year and a half a million children being treated in the ER each year for a head injury, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueEdgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase. And to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember... Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning Homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. In just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. 
while also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk Carjacking old lady at a red light Pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store You think it's cool, act a fool if you like Cuss out a cop, spit in his face Stomp on the flag and light it up Yeah, you think it's tough Try that in a small town See how far you make it down the road Yeah, that's right. See how far you make it down the road down here. Now, I can tell you personally, I live in a small town. I have lived in a small town for the majority of my life. I have visited uh, big cities. I have worked in big cities. I have done all kinds of stuff. And I can tell you, there's still nothing quite like being in a small town. The sense of community is unique and that is the real message behind that song so why why has the left lost their mind over the song it's funny nobody seemed to care too much when it first was released as a single i was on the airwaves uh back what early may here we are uh july 14th the video is released and it's the images that set everyone off except the problem with the images aren't that it shows Black Lives Matter. It isn't that it shows a bunch of black people acting a fool. It does show a few black folks, and it does show some Black Lives Matter footage. But a lot of the footage also includes Antifa rioting. A lot of the footage includes uh, a lot of white people doing stupid crap even while rioting wasn't taking place. When he gets to the line about spit in the face of a cop it shows this crazy white lady we saw that image quite a bit and when it happened literally screaming and then spitting into the face of a cop it's nothing remotely racist about it it shows the truth of what these riots were like there's even some footage that's much much older uh there's a a quick clip that appears to be from the ferguson riots Uh, There's another clip that appears to be from uh, much further back in our history. But the point is that that kind of rioting typically only happens in big cities. And the reason it only happens in big cities is because in the small towns, in the more rural areas of the country, we tend to care more about what we've built up than to just allow somebody to come along and tear it down for no apparent reason. That's why in cases like Ferguson, it was mostly outsiders that came in and did it. Because Ferguson wasn't a big city. And the locals in Ferguson weren't engaged with the rioting that took place there. There's this terrible circle of effort to keep racism alive, not by the rural country folks 
but by people that trade in it. People like Whoopi Goldberg on The View talking about, well, did you ever think about maybe that's what we were doing when we were riding, like we were taking care of ours? No, you aren't, because that's not what taking care of one another looks like. There's no reason to ever have that thought cross your mind, Whoopi, because only an idiot would think that. Only an idiot that's trying to make excuses for bad behavior. Oh, I know I'm being redundant. I said Whoopi Goldberg and then also said an idiot. Uh, a little redundant. Yeah, I get it. But the point is, Jason Aldean doesn't make a single reference to race in this video. Doesn't make a single reference to race in the lyrics of the song. He simply shows live footage of events that actually occurred. Some of my favorite reactions, though, has been a multitude of black folks coming out and saying, hey, morons, why are you calling this racist? The folks that actually took the time to listen to the song and the folks that actually took the time to watch the video, which, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm halfway surprised it's still up and available on YouTube. I figured by now they would have yanked it down too. Oh no, we can't have this all. But you literally can go just about anywhere and find this video. And, well, you should. Uh, if you make purchases on iTunes, you should do everything you can to help keep it number one over at iTunes. Because, first of all, it's a good song. It's not one of Jason's best, actually. It's not a great song. But it's a good song. I like it. I, I would listen to it. I definitely support it based on the attacks that have been made against it. The message is solid. When I say it's not a great song, I'm talking about the writing behind it. I've heard uh, a lot of better written songs uh, that could have done the same thing. And honestly, this is right on the cusp of what Jason Aldean normally would do. But what is the real hang-up here? It seems to me like this is, once again, going back to an adage that you've been hearing here and on a lot of other uh, commentators' shows, the fact that actual racism, there seems to be a lot less of it than what the demand for it is. That's why you have to have people like Jesse Smollett out there faking attacks. That's why you have to have all this other ridiculous, false activity going on, because there's just not enough real and obvious, clear incidents of racism in order to satisfy the needs of the political left and the needs of the race baiters that are trying to, to continue to be relevant. Whether they're just writing books about right, white fragility or whether or not they're trying to be a, a college professor or trying to win a Pulitzer Prize there's not enough racism, real racism, to meet all the needs for the market. So they have to go create some. They have to create false controversy where there really isn't any. Jason Aldean's comments at the Cincinnati show shows how ineffective they are. And in fact, let me go ahead and play that clip again for you in case you missed it at the very beginning or in case you've been listening so long now, you're like, what is he talking about? Here's the Jason Aldean clip. He was at Friday night doing a live show concert in Cincinnati. Everybody having fun so far tonight?
Well, I gotta tell you guys, man, it's been a long ass week. It's been a long week, and I've seen a lot of stuff. I've seen a lot of stuff suggesting I'm this, suggesting I'm that. Hey, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's one thing I feel. I feel like everybody's entitled to their opinion. You can think. You can. You can think something all you want to. It doesn't mean it's true, right? So. What I am. As a proud American, I'm proud to be from here. I love our country. I want to see it restored what it once was before all this bullshit started happening to us. I love my country. I love my family. And I will do anything to protect that. I can tell you that right now. Now, I'm pretty sure that that reaction and that statement is going to just absolutely chafe a bunch of leftists again, too. And you're going to hear all kinds of rebuttals to that. And, oh, and there they are, a bunch of white supremacists chanting USA uh, just because he's trying to step. Jason said all the right things there. Jason continues to say, and the number one thing he absolutely cannot do is back down or apologize because we know how that ends up. He needs to keep going, and he needs to be truthful because, like I said, a lot of my favorite reactions uh, to this have been from black folks that are taking to uh, – well, yeah, they're taking to all the social media platforms, but they're taking to YouTube, and they're taking to TikTok, and, and they're doing these quick videos, reactions, explaining – that clearly, based on the lyrics and based on the images and the balance of the images shown, that if you just presume that this is a dog whistle about being racist against black people, that it's actually you that's being racist. And it's pretty clear cut because there's no mention of race whatsoever. And there is a solid balance in the video footage. If you haven't seen it, go see it for yourself. I challenge you if you haven't seen it and you want to believe it's racist, you've got to see it for yourself before you try to jump on the bandwagon one way or the other. And it's pretty clear that if you are reading racism into that, then it's your own implicit racial bias. But what makes it worse is that before Jason Aldean broke with this video, there was another country music thing going on that they were trying to create a false controversy out of. Let me play you a little clip for that. You got a fast car and I want to take it to anywhere Maybe we make a deal Maybe together we can get somewhere Any place is better Starting from zero, got nothing to lose Maybe we'll make something Me, myself, I got nothing to prove Okay, so what's controversial about that? Well, the controversy comes from the fact that this...
get a fast car I want a ticket to anywhere Maybe we make a deal Maybe together we can get somewhere Any place is better Starting from zero, got nothing to lose Maybe we'll make something Me, myself, I got nothing to prove <laughs> give me one reason that was the name of the song give me one reason to stay here anyway i, I like that one better than fast car i thought it was a better song but at the same time i really liked fast car and evidently luke combs really liked fast car but the controversy comes from the left's current false narrative that if you're going to do a thing you have to be the thing which they don't actually believe in because they're perfectly content with just as an example uh casting the three musketeers and having d'artagnan uh, be a black dude they'd be perfectly okay with that but do not uh have a new movie malcolm x and have a white guy cast to play malcolm that's unacceptable so the fact that luke combs is a white guy singing Tracy Chapman's song when she's a black queer woman, and, and they emphasized queer as being an important part of this when they were trying to create the controversy, that's just unacceptable. Now, the utter ridiculousness of it is that if you actually support the community, the LGBTQ community, if you actually are standing up for Tracy Chapman, you should want Luke Combs not only to record this song, cover it legally, as he did, but for it to make a lot of money, because she's going to get residuals from this. This is only going to further help her, and it's going to draw more attention back to the original song, because people are going to be like, oh, this is a remake? Because there's kids out there young enough that they don't know. The 
people that were first pushing this uh, false controversy didn't even realize that this song had been a hit. They talked about it as if somehow this poor, poor woman who struggled and barely had a career, uh, you know, she did okay for herself there for a bit. And while she hasn't hit the pop charts again, she hasn't stopped doing music. She's still doing exactly what she wants to do. And she's still very, well, reasonably successful within the genre that she plays in. She's talented. And she's typically not let uh, politics or uh, anything of that nature interfere between her and her art. So you're not doing her any good. You're not supporting her. You're not helping her. And if you were trying to stop Luke Combs from recording this song and reintroducing it to the world, then you're not helping the community either. You should be doing a promotional video saying, hey, it's really great that uh, these cisgender white people recognize the talent that Tracy Chapman had, and so much so that uh, they want to help reintroduce the, the songs to people. Because that's what Luke is doing here. Now, fortunately, before this thing was able to pick up a whole lot of uh, momentum, and it was starting to build a little bit. Now, there's a lot of you that may not have even heard about this yet. Uh, a lot of you might have heard a little bit about it. As you notice, it all went away when Jason Aldean uh, released the video for Try That in a Small Town. So one or two things will happen here. Either it will be completely forgotten as everybody will have moved on, or after things finally settle down for the Try That in a Small Town false controversy, they'll try to bring this one back again too. It's still an effort to try to control you, and it's an effort to try to have racism as one of those cards that they have to play, one of those buttons that they have to push in an effort to try and control what you say, what you do, how you think, how you believe, what you listen to, what you watch. They can't afford to have you out there thinking for yourself or consuming music or videos on your own. Heaven forbid that you should ever have that uh, capacity. Because if you do develop the skill of critical thinking, then you quickly see through all of the arguments of the left. You see them for what they are. And even at their best, the strongest arguments they typically have these days are only emotional. And when you break into the facts, when you look at the data, when you see what best achieves the desired stated goal, I should say the stated goal, not the desired goal. We know what the desired is, not what they state. But what best achieves the stated goals is often the opposite of what they offer up. Just a little bit of critical thinking uh, pops that balloon pretty quickly, pokes a hole in their whole theory. Now, I for one do notice that they're really picking on country music again. So part of me thinks that, well, maybe it's kind of a good thing that more of these morons are listening to country music. Because despite the fact that there is more of a woke presence in country music now than there ever has been, most of country music still isn't particularly woke. So there's a really good chance that some of these people might be exposed to some ideas, and some of these ideas might sink in that kind of leads them back to the path of starting to think for themselves. Stop just following the crowd. There's room in country music for a lot of folks. It's a great genre. Grew up listening to country music myself. I, I don't listen to a whole lot of music, period, these days. 
I lament that fact because it means I'm missing out on some really cool stuff. I used to have such a strong connection to music. I loved it. And it's tragic to see it being used for political fodder now. But the fact that these folks are exposing themselves to country music, that actually does make me feel good. Because some of these folks are going to be awoken from their woke slumber. Like I said, some of my favorite reactions to the claims that Jason Aldean is doing racist dog whistling with this video has come from a large number of black Americans who are just saying, you guys saying this are full of crap. It's good stuff, and there's plenty of it. All you have to do is take a little bit of time. I spent some time yesterday with the wife looking at some of them. She's like, oh, I can't believe that the black folks seem to have figured this out quicker than the white folks. Why are there so many white people that are angry about it? And it doesn't seem like there's nearly as many black folks that are posting stuff here. It's like, well, there's probably a decent mix. But the reason is you have a bunch of white, savior complex, white guilt-feeling morons that buy into the Robin D'Angelo version of white fragility and have no idea what the real history is. They have no idea that 1619 is a fantasy, that it's not a history. They have no idea how the spirit of 1776 trumps whatever happened in 1619 anyway. They don't know the truth. They wrap themselves up in the idea that they want to be a good ally that they don't want to be the oppressor. Well, that's easy enough to do without trying to make false accusations to everybody else. Not every white person, not every white person is racist against black people. Just because they're white doesn't mean they are. And if you want to believe that, then you're the one with the problem. Not every black person has been oppressed. If you want to believe that, then you're part of the problem. There is real racism that occurs. But every time you make a false controversy like this, you diminish the ability for us to see, recognize, and address the real instances of racism. You set a dangerous precedent. And for people that are just simply looking for something to be outraged about, maybe you need to look into a 12-step program for your rage addiction. You don't have to be outraged about everything 24-7. It is possible to have a few moments of peace. It is possible to have a few moments of tranquility. It's possible to have a few moments where you simply appreciate something for what it is without trying to read hidden secret meanings into everything. And uh, just another word of advice. When you're looking for hidden secret meanings... You're way more likely to find that when it's the left that's doing it than anybody that's the least bit conservative. You can not believe that, but if you'll dig into it and look at it, it becomes an easier and easier pattern to see as well. Just saying. The left always accuses the right, usually because that's what the left knows that they themselves are doing. I'm thinking this is probably where I should leave things now. Although, part of me really wants to just go back and play the whole Tracy Chapman fast car. Uh, I, I'm only playing clips because I definitely don't want anybody to get riled up about 
copyright violations. I, and I'm able to use these songs. I could play these songs in their entirety and claim fair use because currently they are all in the news. And there are some articles about the so-called Luke Combs slash Tracy Chapman uh, controversy out there as well. So I can make that claim. Part of me would love to do it. But you know what? I have a tradition on this show that I'm going to play full songs. I'm typically going to play full songs from my friend, the man who runs PatriotMusic.com, Mr. Matt Fitzgibbons. So that's what I will do as we slide out of this show. We will end, as always, with one of his tunes. But I really, really have to say, without any hesitation, that this Jason Aldean fake controversy is going to hang on for a little while, I'm sure, because they're really trying to get people to buy into it. I don't think it's going to work out the way that they believe that it's going to. I think it's going to serve to wake up even more people to the fact that they've been lied to for a long time. Beyond that, I would not be surprised to see this uh, Tracy Chapman fake controversy come back up again. I certainly hope that it doesn't, but it may. Be ready for it. And in the meanwhile... Don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, but most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Yeah. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth.
is using both hands. Evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. 